about to get ready just for a little bit of encouragement i just posted uh right there in the comment section i posted uh the title of tonight's conversation um also the verses for tonight uh so it's right there i pinned it right here in the live uh would you go ahead and get your notes ready we're about to get just into the bible we're reading from second peter chapter 3 verses 17 and 18. i'm going to be reading from the new international version um so you can tune in man i'm so excited you guys are here see last week we talked about the holy spirit the holy spirit is god uh we believe uh the bible to be true the bible speaks of the god that we serve is not just god the father but it's god the father god the son and god the holy spirit it's three parts of god functioning um as one that's what we believe that's what last week was about it was about the holy spirit today tonight rather we're going to be talking about how the holy spirit teaches us i want you to write that at the top of your notes the holy spirit teaches us would you write that right in the top of your notes that's the title of the conversation um notice last week we talked in the holy spirit uh, we had 13 salvations last week, right? So uh, every time we do these lives, uh, now at the end, we give an opportunity for friends that are watching to say yes to Jesus. We do this every week at our services. Uh, so now that we're live, that's not going to change. Um, and man, to the glory of God, last week, 13 hands went up right here in the comments, literally just commenting a, a hand emoji. And then that was a sign that you wanted to confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and become a part of this spiritual family this community new birth church um last week 13 friends said yes to jesus so that's incredible um so yeah we believe in the bible and we believe the bible is true and we believe the god of the bible god the father god the son god the holy spirit last week we, we spoke on the importance of the holy spirit um tonight i want you to write that at the top of your notes the holy spirit teaches us see the holy spirit is a teacher the Holy Spirit not only guides you, comforts you, the Holy Spirit teaches you and leads you to all knowledge. Understand, friends, if there's moments in the Bible that you get caught up, you get stuck, that's a great moment to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you onto how to understand this text. If, if there's a maybe it's a situation in your life where you don't know what to do, what step to take, right there in that moment, you can call on the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, help me make this decision. I want to honor you. The Holy Spirit is our ever-present help, but he doesn't just comfort us and give us peace. The Holy Spirit also teaches us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. The Holy Spirit moves us, right? So this is important in the life of a believer. Why is that important? Because so many Christians are in need of maturity. And instead, of looking at the Holy Spirit and who he is and what he wants to do, sometimes we tend to look to other easy, get uh, smart, quick. Uh, we, we tend to sign up for all these conferences. Uh, we tend to buy all these different things and do all the religious stuff. But we forget that the Holy Spirit is there to teach us in us. The Holy Spirit knows your language, right? I don't know if you've ever had a best friend before there's sometimes you guys could just communicate so easily, so quickly, right? It's because you know each other's language. You've been around each other so long. That's what the Holy Spirit wants, right? That's what the Holy Spirit can do. Not only just speak to you, 
but speak to you in your language in a way you can understand what he's trying to say, how he's trying to lead you. The Holy Spirit is teaching you something. It's maturing you. Pastor, how do I mature as a Christian? You need to leave a life. You need to live a life engulfed in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, let like guide me, protect me, yeah. Convict me, awesome. But also teach me that I can learn something. You see, this whole COVID-19, I hope all of my, you know, just friends that follow Jesus, I hope all of you had in your heart and in your mind the entire time, Holy Spirit, how am I going to grow after this? How is my relationship with God going to get better? I hope that was your prayer, church, throughout the COVID. It's not what what corners can I cut? How can I get the most amount of money? You know, the main focus was, God, what are you trying to do? What what what, what can I actually learn? How can I get better? How is this going to strengthen my relationship with Jesus and not crush it? Let's read the verses I pinned right here at the bottom, Second Peter chapter three, verses seventeen to eighteen. I'm reading from the New International Version, the most basic uh, version or translation of the Bible. Uh, and it says this, 2 Peter chapter 3, read with me. It says, therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless and fall from your secure position. Therefore, dear friends, you're in a secure position. You're doing great, but you have been warned. That's what this was. Let's try to go on. You've been warned so that you can guard yourself. Guard yourself. Christians, guard yourself. Don't fall from lawlessness. Don't, don't, don't fall from where God has you. You've been warned. Guard yourself, right? That's like Christianity. Understand like this is a battle. This is like a war going on. It's not physical. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against spirits. It's like a whole different dimension of, of things going on. Because you believe in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. You have all of power, all of all of authority from heaven is in you, around you, for you, and with you. I'm going to jump to verse 18 because that's where we're going to land the plane here. So yeah, you've got the Holy Spirit. Put your guard up, though. Don't fall from where you're at. Don't slip up. Don't get caught up in these things that can take our attention. Verse 18, this is where we're going to land the plane. But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory. I love that sentence. It's this sentence right here. Grow in grace and knowledge. Here in 2 Peter, what God is trying to reveal to you is that Christian, you should not be okay with where you're at. Believer in Jesus, you should strive to grow in your grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Growing in this thing. You see, your belief of God should get better. Your understanding of the Bible should get better. Your theology must get better. Stop settling for YouTube versions of the Bible. Start understanding the Bible for yourself. This is someone who is growing in the grace of knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not settling for someone else's stories of scripture, but jumping into scripture. I don't need someone else's version. The Holy Spirit is in me. The Holy Spirit is the writer of the Bible through men. So the Spirit will lead me to truth and knowledge. 
this is the life of a believer, not going off theories and different denominations and no believings. Figure it out. Go into scripture and you're able to say, wow, God, this is what you're trying. I'm growing in this grace. I understand the law. I understand the need of the law. I understand what Jesus has done. I understand the Holy Spirit and what he's trying to do in my life. Sometimes you look at scripture and say, wow, if I would have read this verse a year ago, if I would have been understanding how to handle <laughs> how to handle evil things five years ago, if I would have understood these values and relationships, like, and we would look back on our lives, listen, there's nothing wrong with seeking after God. There's everything wrong in a Christian that believes that there's no growth left. Salvation is important. Salvation is a big deal. It, it, it's everything. But, but after salvation, there's growth, there's sanctification. As we walk in this thing, God is leading us. The Holy Spirit is teaching you. I want you to write this next idea down. The Holy Spirit is stretching you. The Holy Spirit is stretching you. Not only is the Holy Spirit teaching you, the Holy Spirit is stretching you. It's a part of love. Love always stretches. This is for someone. God's idea for your life is not to just give you everything you want. A lot of times it's to give you everything you need. But because he loves you, he stretches you. Because he loves you, he stretches you. The Bible says that if God didn't stretch us, it's obvious he didn't love us. Because you don't discipline things that you love. You wouldn't discipline someone if you didn't love them. Your parents would not discipline you if they didn't love you. They discipline you because they love you. God allows tests and trials not because he hates us, but because he loves us. And the Holy Spirit is stretching you because he loves you. He loves you so much. And he sees the broken way of where you're living. The Holy Spirit sees the broken way that you handle hurt and pain. The Holy Spirit sees the fallen worldview that is in your mind and is, is in your prayer life. It's in your giving thinking. It's all over your mentality. The Holy Spirit is seeing how you have greed in your heart. And what he's going to do is going to stretch you. He's going to stretch you. He's going to tap that area. My question is, are you allowing the stretching? Like, I don't know if you've seen, like, famous athletes before they perform. They've got a guy. They've got a girl. They've got a crew that is stretching them. They've literally got the bands. they got the sticks. they got a bunch of different things. And they are stretching them. Here's the thing. The athlete can decide to be stretched or not. The performance is coming, but the athlete decides if he wants to be stretched or not. Friends, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not overthrow your will. Stop thinking that tongues of the Holy Spirit is a moment that you have no control. That is not true. I do know stories of people who when the Holy Spirit comes, it is like a fire, but they are still in control. The Holy Spirit is not a wild animal. The Holy Spirit is in order. That's why we see Paul in the New Testament bringing order into the church in terms of tongues and, trans and translations and different things with men and with women, not because of anything other than there was disorder within the church. Why is he setting order to the church? Why isn't he just congratulating them that they at least have the Holy Spirit? Because God always moves in order. Holy Spirit always moves in order. Holy Spirit is always not, never gonna be in confusion. If you're in the Holy Spirit moment, and you're confused, probably isn't the Holy Spirit. But if you're in a Holy Spirit moment, and yeah, maybe you not understand, but you're not confused. There's a difference between being confused and not understanding. 
And I've seen so many Christians think that the Holy Spirit is just going to overthrow my will. I'm just going to walk in one day and I'm just not going to have any control of my body, my mind, my soul, my heart, my thinking. And after that, I'm just going to be used by God. No, you are in complete awareness. You are in complete control. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will lead you. He will guide you. He'll come behind you and push you forward. But he's never going to overthrow your will. Holy Spirit will always impress and never possess. That's for somebody. So as we grow in this grace and knowledge of the Holy Spirit, our theology must get better. We must look into scripture and say, this is for me, this is not for me. This is how I'm supposed to take. This is how I find Jesus in the scripture. And this is how I'm growing. This is, it's not just salvation in the Christianity realm, if you will, the sanctification. There's, there's, there's growth. And the Holy Spirit wants to stretch you. Have you ever seen a rubber band stretched out? You see, I want you to write this down because whenever you see a rubber band being stretched, it's a scary sight. You see, here's the thing. I want you to write this down. I'm almost done. I want you to write this down. I got a couple more ideas. Because I'm stretched, I'm a threat. Oh, can you write that down? Took me a little while to come up with that with the help of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm stretched, I'm a threat. Because I'm stretched, I am a threat. We're going to hang the conversation right there for the rest of the night. You see, the Holy Spirit stretches you. And when you're stretched, you become a threat. Let me show you how you become a threat. Because now you're looking at people and you're taking the stretching and you're aiming it for good. You're taking the stretching and now what was once just a regular rubber band has now been stretched. Because it's been stretched, it is now a thread. Where are you aiming your focus? You see, with the stretching, you can either help people or hurt people. This is for someone who feels stretched and every time you're stretched, you think it's an excuse to hurt somebody. You probably know people in your life that whenever they are stretched, they take that as an opportunity to hurt people. That's why you're a threat. Understand, because you're stretched, you're a threat. You can either help people or you can hurt people. We all know how to hurt people. You don't have to teach a kid how to hurt someone. Some kids just do it naturally, more, natu more naturally than others. You see, with the stretching, you and I tend to quickly lean on the side of hurting people. But let's be a threat in a new way. Let's be the type of threat that doesn't hurt people but helps people. What does that mean? We're able to look at people and say, hey, you know, I used to say Psalms too, but it's actually Psalms. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you get to talk to somebody. Like, I talked to Kanye. I wonder who had that conversation with Kanye, right? Hey, Kanye, so you've been saying the book of Jobs, but it's actually the book of Joe, right? Like, I used to say it like that, too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you ever had that conversation with someone like, oh, we used to do it that way, but we don't anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and here's the thing. In the Christian walk, you need that. You either need that happen to you or you need to make it happen. You need that. Why? Because experience is always going to help. 
experience is experience. Life is life. Stretching is stretching. And if you've been stretched in a way that I've been stretched, you get to look at me and say, hey, I've been there. I've been in that hole. I've been in that situation. I've had those issues. But guess what? I made it out. And if God did it with me, God can do it with you. What's going on? You've been stretched, and now you're a threat to help people. You're a threat to the enemy. Because now you're helping people, you're leading people, you're bringing some Christians. Hey, I used to think about life that way, um, but this is how I do it now. I used to think about sex that way, but this is how the Holy Spirit is stretching me. And I've been stretched with a situation. I've been stretched with an experience. I've been stretched with a revelation. And now because I've been stretched, I'm actually going to help you. You see, there's nothing better than seeing a life-giving Christian take all the stretching and all the pressure and all the valleys of their life and they're turning it into helping people they're turning it into doing it good doing good to those how are they able to do that with the help of the holy spirit you and i can never show christ through pressure without the holy spirit we need the holy spirit we need the holy spirit to exemplify christ have you ever made cookies you ever had a bad batch like a whole like you just kept it in a little too long and now instead of nice juicy cookies you got a bunch of hockey pucks here's the thing you ever had like a half good batch of cookies like you make them some of them are great but some of them are a bit too crispy right what do you do you take the bad cookies you toss them out you take the good cookies and you give them out right you say, you know what, just just cut, just we'll just throw, we'll forget about those bricks and we'll keep the soft ones, right? The same way you and I do that with food, right? If you got a piece of chicken with a bit too much fat on it, you'll cut the fat. We'll just put away the bad stuff and keep the good stuff, right? The same way we do that with food, the same way we do that with anything, we cut the bad and we keep the good. You and I as Christians need to understand how to do that with the pressure with the tension, with the stretching of the Holy Spirit. We need to be able to say, okay, that lifestyle has to go. Here comes a new lifestyle. That way of making decisions is gone. There's a new way of making decisions. That type of job that leads me to sin has got to go. And this new job, help me Holy Spirit, right? That's how we have to think. That's how we have to function. Because easily you and I can take the pressure and the stretching and take it for granted. And instead of helping people, potentially hurt people. So here's a good question. What helps with the pressure? We've got the stretching. We've got the tension. We're feeling that pressure. What helps? How can I be better after this? Let me, let me help you with this, right? This is a great way to help with the pressure and the stretching and the tension. Number one, set your mind on the bigger picture. Set your mind on the bigger picture. You got to jump into scripture and you'll read that I must set my mind on things above. You will read that in the end, we win. The church does not lose. God does not lose. We will rise up and we will reign with Christ forever. That helps with depression, getting the long view on life. Instead of repaying evil with evil, I will just absorb the evil and say, vengeance is the Lord. He will take care of what he needs. It's his, it's not mine. Vengeance isn't mine, right? 
that helps with the pressure. The awareness of his glory and his power, setting our minds on things above. Do you want to know another great way to handle the pressure? Awareness of other people's stories. I can't tell you how many bad days turn into great days after I heard someone else's bad day. I remember I thought I had a bad day. I talked to someone who had a, a horrible day. And then I said, you know what? If I were to take my day and put it next to his, I would. I should be grateful of the day I had today. Because some people have, have, have it worse. There's a basketball player. His name is Damian Lillard. Um, he's, he's actually uh, one of the clutchest players. So what does that mean? He hits big shots in crazy moments of the game, like when you need it. Um, Damian Lillard, and he shoots from half court. This guy's unstoppable. They asked him, they said, Dane, you hit all these tough shots. You're hitting them in the, in the end of quarters. You, he has a stone face. His face is a meme, actually. He hits a game-winning shot, and his face is just, he's just like stone face, no emotion. They asked him, how do you handle the pressure? Like, how do you handle it? And what Dane says, this is funny, and I quote him, he goes, I don't feel pressure. Pressure, I don't feel pressure. There are people with real lives and real issues that experience real pressure every single day. He continues, he says, me, I'm getting paid to play a game. I would never call this pressure. What a mindset. You talk to one player, how was your NBA experience? And it's, it's all pressure. It's all pressure. The competition, the practice, some players never even get on the court. If you talk to some NBA players, there's a lot of pressure. But why is there pressure for the guy who's always got the ball in his hands in the last second of the game? Why doesn't he feel pressure? Because he is aware of other people's problems. He is aware of other people's burdens. This is a guy who feels immense amount of pressure and he doesn't even consider it pressure because he takes his life and he lays it next to somebody else. He takes his experiences and he puts it next to someone. He says, there's somebody with cancer. There's somebody with COVID. There's someone without parents right now. There's someone who's dealing with something that is terrible. I wouldn't call this pressure. I'd call this a lesson. You see, friends, great ways to help with pressure. One is setting your mind in the big picture. Two is putting your thoughts on God's glory, on his power. Second is looking at someone else's life, looking at other people's lives, being, about, being a part of other people's stories and sharing their burdens. You see, let me give you this last idea and we're going to close out. Thank you for joining today. Would you write it down at the top of your notes? The stretching is new teaching. The stretcher is new teaching. I'm going to say it again. The stretching is new teaching. Every time we're being stretched, there's a lesson. We're being taught something. You see, there are different types of stretches. In the Christian walk, there are different types of stretches. There's a stretch of salvation. Remember when you said yes to Jesus? That was a stretch. That was a stretch to to say, wow, I'm just gonna believe in this thing. I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel the love of God. I'm gonna respond with my life. That is a stretch. The stretch of leadership. Oh my goodness. You remember leaders in the comments. 
do you remember the first time that you decided to step into leadership step into your calling step into your purpose man that's a stretch that is a stretch christians in here do you remember the day that you got baptized that was a stretch going public with your faith that was a stretch you see in all those different examples all those different types of stretches taught us new things see the stretching is a teaching the stretching is a teaching when we have that mentality we can leave every season of life not just with feelings emotions but with wisdom with knowledge and growth and the love and the grace and in the power of God. Man, I'm excited you guys tuned in today. Um, that's kind of all I have today. Um, man, come on. The Holy Spirit teaches us. Man, that was a bunch of fun. Um, right there where you guys are at, um, would you just get ready uh, for an altar call? Here's what we're about to do. I'm about to write uh a number in the caption and here's what's about to happen every single week this is what we do we, we open the floor and we say hey does anybody want right here watching does anybody want to make a decision to follow jesus you see as a pastor my one goal is to help build life-giving believers in jesus it's my it's my my, my goal it's not that you just tune in, but that you become a life-giving believer in Jesus. That you be fully committed and devoted to Jesus. That's my hope. That's my hope, right? That you would join this family, not just join on the lives, but join the family spiritually. If you said yes to Jesus, would you write there in the comments, show some love. If you have said yes to Jesus, if you're saved and you've made that sinner's prayer, which we're about to do, if you say yes to Jesus, would you just say, hey, I've done it, and, you know, it's been a bunch of fun. It's been kind of crazy, right? Man, it's been the best decision of my life, and I want to encourage you, if you're watching this, this is your moment. We're praying for you. We love you. All these people in the captions, man, they love you. I love you. I probably don't know some of you, but I love you. I'm praying for you. And this is a moment that everything can change. Right here, right now. The Bible says, what does it mean to be saved? A man must just confess his sins and believe in the Lord, Jesus Christ. Believe that he's the son of God, that he did die, he did rise on the third day, and he is seated at the right hand of God. That prayer solidifies your relationship with God. It starts off your relationship with God. And as we walk and grow in this thing, the Holy Spirit begins to guide you. So man, if you're ready for this, I'm going to ask all my leaders to begin to start praying. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, I'm going to ask you if you want to say yes to Jesus, just to put a hand emoji in the comments, all right? When I say three, if you want Jesus, Jesus, he showed up in the Virgin, Virgin Mary, she gave birth to Jesus. He lived the perfect, sinless life, not just as a man, but as a son of God. He came and took your place on the cross, not that you would perish, but have eternal life. And because he died for us, we get to live for him. 
And when we close our eyes that one day, we will not step into eternal blackness as atheists and others believe. We will step into an eternity with Jesus. So if you want to say yes to Jesus on the count of three, I just want you to uh, raise your hand on the comments. If that's you, if you want Jesus on the count of three, raise your hand in the comments. Here we go. One, two, three. If you want Jesus, if you're ready for the salvation prayer, comment a hand in the lives. Come on, you, if you want Jesus, go ahead and put a hand in. I see one hand on you. Let's go. Let's go. I see another hand on you. Man, let's go. We've got two hands so far. Uh, I got three hands right here on you. I got one on YA. Let's go. That's four hands right here. I've got four hands. Let's go. Anybody else want Jesus? Anybody else want salvation? We are going to pray with you in a moment. We're going to open it up. If you want salvation, just comment a hand and just wave at us. Um, let's go. Come on. Let's go. We're total four friends that have raised their hands for salvation. This is incredible. This is amazing. Oh, man, we love you so much. Let's go. I got another hand. Let's go. That's five salvations tonight. Five friends that have raised their hands. Come on. I'm going to give a couple more minutes. Anybody else, if you want freedom, if you want salvation, you want to join this family, go ahead and put a hand up. I believe that's it. Awesome. So the Bible says, to be saved, all you can do is pray. So for all of our five friends and for everybody else here, man, let's pray together. Right where you at, would you repeat this prayer after me? Shout out to all my five friends that said hi and said what up to Jesus. Let's go. We're going to pray together. The best decision you could have ever made. Here we go. On the count of three, we're going to pray together. So repeat after me, all five friends and everyone else. This isn't a ritual. This isn't anything weird. This is just an honest confession, right? To be saved, we must confess and believe. It's something big about words. I love how Jesus also keeps it simple for you to become part of the family and join him in a relationship. It's just an honest confession and an honest prayer. We're going to do it here. I've done this prayer. We're all going to do this right now. Repeat after me. Say Jesus. Come on, would you say it again? Say Jesus. I confess. Come on, repeat it. I confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, May 26, 2020, I give my life to Jesus. I turn away from where I was headed, and I turn to where you're leading me. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. Write my name in the book of life. Come on, everyone says amen, amen.